the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Dr. David Anderson, senior pastor and founder of Bridgeway Community Church in Columbia, Maryland. And I am so glad that you are tuned in now to our new special Saturday edition of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. You're going to hear conversations from recent talks where I've connected with radio listeners just like you to help them build bridges of reconciliation, race, religion, relationships. Are you ready? Let's get started. I have a very special guest who I interviewed at the Museum of the Bible. He is the president of Wycliffe Bible Translators. Bob Creason, listen to this interview. Bob, so good to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you, David. It's great to be here. How long have you been the president of Wycliffe? I've been the president of Wycliffe for 15 years, but my wife and I have been with Wycliffe for 35 years. Wow. For people who have no idea who Wycliffe is, I mean, I remember because I went to Moody Bible Institute and we prayed for missionaries, we've supported missionaries, but there are a lot of people today have no idea what you do. Tell us. Thank you. And what we do is we focus on helping people gain access to scripture from what we call minority language communities. So these are small people groups around the world that are still waiting and have not one word of scripture in a language in a form huh. that they relate to best. So you're taking the scriptures, you're translating it into their language. Is their language already written? Sometimes it's not. So huh. very often we help them uh, develop a written language for uh, their uh, community. And then the scriptures often start, uh, David, often we start mm. at the level of oral translation now so that people gain access to the word of God sooner rather than later. And often then it develops into a, a written form. Speaking of written, I understand you've written a book called The Finish Line. What's that all about? I'd rather promote your book called Graces. But, <laughs> I like that. But, but since we're here today yeah, to talk like about well, it. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of David Anderson. But, but more you. than that, I'm a big fan of what you're committed to in terms Amen. of ministry, racial reconciliation. Amen. So thank, thank you. you for what you do. But thank you for asking about my book. Yeah. Basically, I wrote the book at the encouragement of others to try to document what Bible translation was like when my wife and I started 35 years ago mm. and, and what it's like today. And it is very different today than it was 35 years huh. ago. How so? So, for example, we're actually responding to requests from local communities to come help them achieve their translation goals. Really? So, yeah. So we're working with in partnership with local communities and churches who say, you know, we have um, we're, we're dealing with uh, issues related to uh, crisis. So would you please come help us translate Psalms? Huh. And so we, we will start at okay. that at that level. But often Bible stories are, are, are a big issue. Uh, mm. we're, we're very big into bi a chronological Bible story now. Okay. And so we uh, work with communities sometimes that are uh, more impacted by Old Testament translation than they uh -huh. would be by New Testament translation. So we'll translate Old Testament stories to provide a gateway then into understanding yeah the New Testament. Is translation more of a science or an art? Yes. So, <laughs> Both. Well, so, you know, just briefly, we're, we're very committed to accuracy. 
mm. accuracy in terms of translation to either the New Testament Greek or the Old Testament Hebrew. But in that, there's there's an art form because what you have to do is you have to find ways to communicate with local communities that don't distort the message. Mm -hmm. So you might hear things, if you hear back translations, you might hear things that you or I wouldn't normally be uh, used to, but it would communicate accurately to the target community. Mm. And when you go into a community and some other part of the world and there's not written language, uh, where do you start when you're saying, we're going to translate here? Do we start with the red letters of Jesus? Do we start with maybe stories of the Old Testament? Maybe, yeah. That, Does it depend? It, 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 just, it just depends. So what you try to do, often what you do is you, you, you look for the footprint of God. Mm. That's what missionaries do. God is not absent from any of these communities. Even yeah. though they don't have his word, he is not absent. He has left for himself some sort of a witness. So you try to connect mm. them to whatever that footprint of God is. And so you work then from that to try to help people connect to the God of the universe, the one that created them, the ones, the one that wrote this great love letter right. to them and wants a relationship with them. So these translators are missionaries, aren't they? They are. So what does that mean? What is a what is a missionary? Well, those are people who work cross culturally, who are are called. Jesus, Jesus, Billy Graham once said, Jesus only had two verbs: one is come, and the one is go. So <laughs> come, come to me, and then go, yeah, go yeah. tell others about this great message. So uh -huh. these are people that normally work cross culturally with communities, and they they're motivated by God's great great love. And so then you will send these missionaries out. We do, yes. Now these missionaries are they on your payroll, or can my listeners, if they said, you know what, we want to sponsor a missionary or we want to support Wycliffe, what would you suggest? I would suggest they go to Wycliffe.org okay. and, and they would be connected then with giving opportunities there. P th things to pray about, things to, okay. to invest in. One of those would be in missionary support because yes, our, our missionaries do continue to, to raise their support and build uh, what we call partnership teams. Uh -huh. Not just to give, although that's part of it. Uh, it's also to share vision and also to um, have people pray. So they may go out themselves to raise money. They do. But then the organization can raise money to we help as we well. We do. We have uh -huh. we, we raise corporate funds as well to help with a lot of the effort. Got but, it. But most of these missionaries have support teams. And I, my wife and I still have a support team that's connected to us, for example. Okay. Yeah, we grew up in Southern California, so there are people out there in many parts of the United States now because they've moved away, but who actually pray for us and give to our ministry. Gotcha. It's Wycliffe.org. Correct. Spell Wycliffe for W-Y-C-L-I-F-F-E. So there is an E on the end. So it's Wycliffe.org. If you're thinking about, uh, Lord, where do I put my resources? You may want to consider putting them right here. I think one of the reasons why is because we have so many uh, options to read so many different translations of Scripture. But what your organization does is you're not just doing another translation of the language. You're actually going to places they have no Bible at all. And so here's the exciting thing that we're inviting people to be a part of. We really believe that in the next seven or eight years, every community will have some translation of Scripture. Hmm. And how long? Next seven or eight years. Not next, finished, but started. Next seven yes. or eight years. So we're inviting people to be part of something Everyone that's around the historic. World. All the languages. That's historic. Nobody has wow. been able to have these kind of conversations before. Wow. And how do you identify these places? Uh, they're, they're, Are they all on the UN well, uh, <laughs> list? Pretty well yeah, they're pretty well defined now in, in various ways. So uh -huh. we actually stay on top of it through what's called the ethnologue, which is, in a sense, the Bible for uh, documenting uh, languages around the world. So there's a little over 7,000 languages, and, huh. and we actually use that uh, to document these uh, languages and make sure that they're listed. So if this was football and you only had 10 yards to go, we're really in the next 7 to 8, 10 yards. We're, we're, we're in the red, in the red zone. zone. 
So this would be a great time, actually, for people to uh, pray, to get involved. Do you speak we at churches? Do you have organizations, yes, people do. with your we organization do. that could help uh, ministries that we may do. be thinking they want to do a little bit more and they'd like to learn a little bit more? Correct. Even small groups, uh, if people would like to get involved and they would like to have someone come talk to them about how they could get behind a missionary or how they could get behind the translation for one of these communities, that's another way to get involved. One last question. Yes, sir. Any great stories about somebody who didn't have the Word of God and then y'all moved in and translated and now they have the Word of God? I, I have a friend who's Cameroonian who translated God's Word for his uh, community, Yambetta. And uh, he had a young son who's about 10 years old and he was killed in a very tragic motorcycle accident. Mm. So uh, Leonard was actually hurt in that accident as well. His father, uh, my responsibility was to help them get the body back out to the village so that they could bury the body in the village. Mm. Leonard was a Bible translator. And so he was translating uh, the, the resurrection of Lazarus for his community at this very time. Wow. So, and you know, because you're a pastor, you know that the story of, La you know the story of Lazarus and many of your listeners will as well. Jesus waited until Lazarus had died to make mm, a point. Mm, mm. So when he got there, uh, he was moved with great emotion. So, but he told them there's great hope because even though people die, yet shall they live. Mm. So Lanard is, is asked to read the scriptures for his community. And that's the portion of scripture that he chose to read to this community that was mourning over the loss of this little 10 year old boy. And mm. no one knew why. And what he was saying to them is, even though he's not here, he is alive he is today alive. with Jesus. How about that? Wow. That's the passage where Jesus wept. Yeah, Jesus And wept. yet he was able to raise him again. And now they get to yeah. see that. That's correct. And hear that scripture because it was translated. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. It is amazing. It's a great privilege to be involved in the work. Thank you for the great work that you are doing. Is there anything else you want to say to my listeners? Thank, thank you for the opportunity to, to be here and just talk about uh, this unique opportunity for people to get involved in something that no one's been involved in before, the, the completion of Bible translation in their yeah. lifetime. So thank you for that. And if people yeah. want to go to Wycliffe.org, they'll see all kinds of ways they can get involved. No there. better place than the Museum of the Bible to be talking with yeah. Bob Creason. He is the president of Wycliffe. Bible translators, also the author of The Finish Line. If you want more information, you can hit my website. You can hit me up on Facebook. You could probably find Bob Creason on Twitter. We've talked on Twitter. <laughs> what is your social Twitter. media there? Yeah, address. I, Bob, Bob Creason. See, Bob Creason is my, my Twitter address. There you yeah. go. Bob yeah. Creason. That's with one S, by the way. Wycliffe is with one E. Don't miss it. Get in on what God is up to. Dr. Anderson would love for you to join his brand new public figure Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson on Facebook, and when you see his smiling face, click like. It's another great way for you to connect and follow the good doc. I'm here at the Museum of the Bible. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson's special weekend edition, and I have with me the daughter of the founder of Wycliffe Bible Translators, Grace Townsend Gareth, I'm so glad to have her. You're going to love this interview. Listen. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, and I have with me at the Museum of the Bible, Grace Townsend Gorith, and she is the daughter of the founder of Wycliffe Bible Translators, and your dad uh, started Wycliffe Bible Translators. His name is Cameron, right? Cameron Townsend. So what happened? Is this a vision that God gave him? Well, what happened was he was translating the scriptures in the language group in Guatemala, the Cachiquels. And when he finished it, he realized, you know, there's other languages. This is back in the 1920s. Mm. 
excuse me, 17, 1920s. Yeah. And so when he finished, he realized there are other languages that needed God's word. Now, when he translated the Kachikel language, he had no linguistic training whatsoever. In fact, an outstanding linguist, Dr. Ken Pike, said what Daddy did in 10 years without any training, nobody's done this before, would be equivalent to you or me doing brain surgery. Unbelievable. So he's translating, but he didn't have any formal training. No training whatsoever. So do you believe that God gave him this as a, almost a gift of tongues or a gift of linguistics to do God's work? That's why I love sharing daddy's story, because it's God. Yeah. It's not daddy. Yeah. God did it all. Unbelievable. And gave him the vision for, I mean, because, you know, it, it, that language had nothing in writing. And a lot of people think that indigenous people, their languages are simple. Well, in Kachikel, you can translate a single verb a hundred thousand different ways. Is that right? And I can hardly do ran and run. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's pretty so it's amazing. Not an easy language. So he had the vision that we needed to reach other languages. And, um, and so God gave him the vision. He first started Summer Institute of Linguistics, SIL, in 1934. To um, he realized we need to train linguists. We, the Summer Institute, Institute of Linguistics. Linguistic. He started that. Yes. And so people would come and learn how to do, do translation. Huh. Today it's known as SIL International. Uh huh. And then after that was started, then in 1942 he started Wycliffe Bible Translators. I see. And, and it, why the name Wycliffe? Okay, John Wycliffe, back in the. 15th century, 14th century, um, translated the scriptures into English. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he chose to name it after Wycliffe. I understand. So people may not know how it got from all these different languages to English. Did he translate it from the original Hebrew and Greek Correct. to English? Correct. All right. And so then your dad then uh, said, you know what, this is a great name for the organization. Correct. Does, does SIL stand alone or is it in partnership with Wycliffe? It's a family. Okay. okay. So SIL International started first, uh-huh. and then they needed an organization. That in the early days, it was really like, I could say, human resources. Took care of all the members, took care of all the, or making sure the organization was op- operating in the finances and so forth, took over the finances. And then in 1948, we start, he started JARS, which is Jungle Aviation and Radio Service. Today, Jungle Aviation, Aviation and Radio Service. Correct. JARS. JARS. Mm-hmm. Today it's just known as JARS. Right. And um, so. That's pretty amazing. A lot of people, especially in America, have no idea the history of how the Word of God got here and how it gets to other places. And so your father's vision was to get this word of God translated in different people's languages. I understand that we're maybe less than a decade away of getting the word of God in some form to every people group. What role have you played as Cameron Townsend's daughter and a part of that lineage? Have you been involved uh, a lot with Wycliffe or SIL or JARS or (laughs) how has God been using you? Um, well, I've always been behind the scenes till um, 1999. So you're not crazy about microphones and interviews. I like, I like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, it, I just love. Um, so since then, I I really serve with JARS, which okay. is the support arm of Wycliffe Bible Translators. So okay. it's the family. I see. And so Wycliffe oversees everything. Okay. Um, SIL um, does the translation, is the translation arm, mm-hmm. and Jungle Aviation Radio Service, or JARS. Mm-hmm. We are the support arm of Wycliffe. 
We provide all the transportation, whether it be aviation, uh, maritime, um, 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 four-wheel drives or motorcycles, whatever form of transportation they need. Then we also provide all the technology, the computers, the satellite dishes, and all of that. Yeah. And then we provide the uh, media. The best known is um, putting the languages, dubbing the languages into the Jesus film. Right. So we partner with Campus Crusade. Uh-huh. And then we are the number one in training. Because you can't just give um, the indigenous people a motorcycle. They don't know how to operate it. They don't know the safety factors or the boats. We provide the, you know, training for, boat, for maritime safety. And mm-hmm. so in aviation, we're the number one in aviation. And um, so, it's, so we provide, I guess in simple terms, we provide the tools yeah. that make Bible translation possible. And the logistics of actually making this thing work. So the vision of getting the word of God to people is one part of it, but then the logistics of implementing that vision is taking um, missionary aviators to fly into, I'm sure, very small patches of runways, and there must be a million stories you have there. I do a lot of praying on these airplanes when they fly in on the side of the mountains or in rivers, and um, it's, I give our, our pilots, we have a number one safety record in aviation training for missions. How about and that? And our pilots are amazing, are amazing. I was out in the Philippines in the Belanga language group, and the pilot said, now, we had to wait for the winds and so forth. And he said, now, when you see my hand go up, you better come immediately. Hmm. Well, trust me, I didn't take my eyes off that pilot because uh-huh. I didn't want to have any problems. Yeah, and so when he started raising his hand, boy, we made a dash for that airplane because you had a short window to get in and out. Wow, how about that? If there were anything you could say to my listeners that would encourage them to pray for you, to pray for Wycliffe, or to get involved in any way, uh, just from your heart, what would you want the listeners to know about you, about Wycliffe, about your story? The number one thing when we're serving the Lord, and I'm sure you've experienced this, is prayer. Mm-hmm. And um, prayer is huge. I don't want to go anywhere without knowing someone's praying for me. Mm. And it's prayer because, you know, we serve a mighty God. And um, he wants us to ask big things of him. And to do that, it's, prayer is vital. Mm. Prayer is vital. Yeah. And the next thing is... Um, Search your heart. God might be calling you to help. And there's so many different ways that you can serve. Um, You can serve in Orlando, Florida with Wycliffe Bible Translators, or you can serve in Charlotte, North Carolina with JARS. And, I mean, we have everything from dishwashers to um, accounting to um, whatever field that you're in. Hmm. And then the next thing is if God would lead you to help us financially because we Hmm. can't do this job. I mean, you can imagine the cost of airplanes and the boats right. and all that we need. And it's crucial because not only are we involved in the Bible translation, but we're also involved in helping the indigenous people with their, their economy. Mm. A lot of places they can't get in and out of, it's unsafe. And so we help them, um, places we've gone into where the hospitals have been closed. So it's a lot of humanitarianism. Right. In our airplanes, we work with governments. And so we, our pl- airplanes are very involved in carrying, you know, um, people who are very ill in and out of the jungles, bringing them into the, where the hospitals are. So we do a lot of humanitarianism as well. Mm. So if God would lead you to help financially, you can go to JARS, J-A-A-R-S dot org. Or again, you can go to Wycliffe, W-Y-C-I, 
L-I-F-F-F-E. <laughs> the E on the end of Wicklow. Right, Rickham.org. as well. And it's because we list all the areas that you can serve. And you can serve short-term, long-term. It's um, You can sh- serve at home. You don't have to go to the organization. Mm-hmm. You can serve at home now with all Technology is fabulous, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. What about abroad? Can people serve abroad absolutely, as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of um, needs because the, the translators need to be out in the villages, and we need other people to handle the, um, the you know, like the, the finance office. So last question, how does it feel uh, to be the daughter of of Cameron Townsend, who had this vision, and you now know we're only uh, seven to ten years away from that being fulfilled? How does that feel for you? You know, when Daddy died, he said, I won't get to see it. And um, the president, um, Bernie May at the time, said, what do you mean, Uncle Cam? He was known as Uncle Cam. Uh-huh. And, um, and he said, I won't get to see that last language. Mm. And we think Bernie said, oh, yes, you will. Mm. And to see it, I'm an ambassador for Wycliffe Bible Translators and for JARS, and my, I am privileged to be able to share Daddy's vision mm. and to um, encourage people to get involved because we are on the last end of it all coming about. And, wow. And it, it is truly, truly exciting. So that's, my, mm. that's what I do is I go share the vision, um, encourage people to, be, to join us, to be partner with us. Yeah. Because it's a partnership. Well, you know, one of the things Scripture tells us is there are these signs of the times. Mm-hmm. And one of those signs is when really the last person heard the gospel, the Lord would come back. We don't know when that is, but uh, I tell you what, we must be getting close. Amen. Thank you for your good work and for the organization you've been an ambassador for. It inspires all of us. Thank you so much. Appreciate mm-hmm. the opportunity. Pleasure. Thank you. This is Rich Becker, producer of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. The radio ministry of Real Talk with Dr. Anderson is made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. If this nonprofit ministry is a blessing to you, will you prayerfully consider partnering with us? With an ongoing monthly gift of $30 or more, you'll become a Real Talk partner. As a way of saying thank you, we would love to send you a signed copy of Dr. Anderson's book, Gracism. Thank you for making this important ministry possible. We can't do it without you. Visit Andersonspeaks.com and simply click the donate button to support Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's Andersonspeaks.com. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. I'm at the Museum of the Bible and with me is Shannon Bennett. She's the director of public relations and events. And it's so good to be with you here at the Museum of the Bible. Thank you so much, and welcome. We're glad you're here with us this week. First time here. I've been hearing about this Museum of the Bible uh, being created and curated. It's just opened. When did it open? November 18th of last year, so we're not even a year old yet. In Uh fact, we're not even six months old yet. Wow. And what is it? Well, uh, it's a 430,000-square-foot museum, three blocks from the Capitol, Uh, that acknowledges and honors the Bible's history as a book, how it came to be, how it's been transmitted and translated throughout time and culture and language, Uh, its impact, which is more than even I as a Bible student ever realized, and then, of course, its narrative, what's in this great book. Wow. And so when people come here, they probably could spend a lot of time. What do you have here at the museum? 
Oh, well, we've got thousands of artifacts uh, that tell these three main stories. Uh, we've even got a few rides here. One's called Washington Revelations. Have you have you ridden that one yet? No. No. Oh, you have to do it before you leave. All so right. uh, it's actually brand new technology. We are the second in the country to have it, and it enables you to feel like you're really flying through Washington, D.C., and you what? see where there's so much scripture. This is without drugs. Without, yes, okay, of course, great. we're flying Excellent. the museum. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to be clear. Flying through Washington, D.C. Yes. Excellent. I can't wait to do it. Yep. So um, who was the visionary behind this? Well, it started with our chairman, Steve Green, uh, who is the uh, president of Hobby Lobby. Right. Uh, and he was, back in 2008, uh, was offered some biblical artifacts to help some gentlemen who wanted to, to do a small project in mm -hmm. Dallas. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of went by the wayside, but he still got offers for artifacts. So he's like, well, God, what do you want to do with this? And uh, a Bible museum uh, was indeed the vision. And uh, we look for the right place, look for actually about a couple years, really, to find the right spot. And it turns out Washington, D.C., right here in the center near the National Mall is the spot. What kind of artifacts, what kind of artistry is here for the person that's listening and saying, you know, maybe I will take a Saturday or a day off and mm -hmm. come down? What will people experience? Besides well, flying through besides Washington, Besides flying through Washington. Mm -hmm. So in terms of artifacts, we have really um, items as old as uh, the time traditionally associated with Abraham cuneiform tablets that demonstrate the very beginnings of writing themselves. Mm. And, and we go all the way up to current artifacts. In fact, things that would really surprise you, we have a whole exhibit on fashion in the Bible. Is that right? So we've got items from Dolce & Gabbana. This for the ladies out there. Steve McQueen. <laughs> um, it's really anything and everything, and it all demonstrates the Bible's amazing impact in history. Wow, that is great. What are your hours, and how much does it cost? Well, uh, you can come for a suggested donation of okay. $15 for adults, 12 for children. Okay. Um, of course, if you don't have those funds, we want it to be available to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, we do suggest becoming a member because that comes with some wonderful benefits. Okay. Uh, and then we're open actually seven days a week, okay. um, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Okay. And if you are a member, you get to come in an hour early at 9 a.m. I have with me Shannon Bennett. Thank you so much for the great work you're doing on behalf of the Museum of the Bible and really on behalf of uh, the Christian faith. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition, a ministry of Bridgeway Community Church. We would love to have you join us at Bridgeway in our performing arts theater in Columbia, Maryland for one of our three identical Sunday services at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and noon. Or join us online at www.bridgeway.cc. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson airs live weekdays on this station and is ready to take your calls. Tune in at 3 p.m. weekdays on WAVA 105.1 FM. We hope to see you tomorrow at church. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.